the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Kalo Pascha, Blessed Pascha. By God's grace, we have reached the fifth Sunday of Great Lent. It seems as though every week of Great Lent this year has had an increasing of change, of dramatic things going on in the world. This is a week of flattening the curve, another week of cabin fever, a week of online school for every child in America, a week of re-envisioning what Holy Week and Pascha and even summer will look like. This has also been the week of St. Mary of Egypt. Today as the fifth Sunday of Great Lent is the Sunday of St. Mary of Egypt. This week has also been her week. On April 1st, we celebrated her falling asleep in the Lord, her feast day. And on April 2nd, we had the Canon of St. Andrew, during which we read the entire life of St. Mary. Few saints are so totally foreign to the modern person as St. Mary of Egypt, and yet so very similar. On the one hand, she is so totally different because she lived this life of extreme asceticism in the desert, completely reliant upon God. For decades, she wandered in the desert alone, praying, repenting of the life that she led. And yet on the other hand, she is so very similar to the modern person. The passions which she fought against, which she succumbed to for many years and then spent decades in the desert fighting against, these are the same passions that are so prevalent in our modern world. St. Mary has a unique place within the church. She's the only saint in which we read her entire life story every year within the liturgical life of the church. So today I'd like to talk a little bit about the story of St. Mary and also Father Zosimus, the monk who met her in the desert, and to relate it to our present situation. During the canon of St. Andrew, when we read her life, I was struck by the turning point in her life. As we know, she grew up in Egypt and in Alexandria from a very young age began a life that was very profligate, a life that was so overcome by the passion of lust and of all of the different sins that relate to that. And she eventually, by God's grace, was brought to Jerusalem and continued in her way of life until the day when the exaltation of the cross occurred and all of the people were rushing to the Church of the Holy Sepulchre there that they might venerate the Holy Cross. And she reached the church and she was not able to enter. By God's divine grace, by his divine will, by his divine providence, she was barred from entering the church. This became her turning point. She went nearby to an icon of the Panagia and prayed to the Mother of God, 
to be given entry into the church. And she promised at that point to turn from her way of life. She went back to the church and she was given entry into the church again. Does this not sound like our present situation? As I say these words in front of my computer to be recorded so that all of you can hear the homily, I am reminded very poignantly that the body of Christ is barred from the church. There's something about this that is very similar to the life of St. Mary. And this aspect that is similar is the aspect of repentance. We, my brothers and sisters, must repent, must return to our Lord, because as I have said, the closing of the churches during this present epidemic is something that has been allowed by God. This is within God's providence. And it is with great sadness that the services are celebrated without people in the church. But we know we have hope, just as St. Mary found her hope standing before the icon of the Panagia. We have hope that this time will pass. We know by God's grace, this time will pass. But what we must see right now is that this time is here and it has been allowed for by God. And this is the point of our repentance. This is the time of our repentance. For those of you who read Elder Zacharias of Essex's letter about the coronavirus, you will have noticed that he even mentioned the monks at the monastery who went out into the desert. One of them was Father Zosimus, who met St. Mary of Egypt. These monks, their practice was at the beginning of Great Lent to offer forgiveness to each other and ask each other's forgiveness. And then to go out into the desert singing a psalm and they went into the desert and went their separate ways. And for the 40 days of Great Lent, they were without the Eucharist. They were without the divine services in the church. They were all alone, living a life of extreme asceticism. Elder Zacharias in his letter that he wrote about the coronavirus mentions this to give us strength to know that we're not alone in our abstaining from the Eucharist. We're not alone in our worshiping in a more interior way, in a way that is focused upon our own relationship with God. You see, it is by God's divine providence that we have come to these days. And it is also by his providence that we read once again the life of St. Mary because St. Mary waited 38 years to receive the Eucharist again, 38 years in the desert in her time of repentance. And those monks, the entire time of Great Lent, and we, here we are. Though we, like St. Mary, may be barred from entry into the church, 
This does not in any way reduce our ability to have communion with God. This is very important. Even though we are not receiving the body of Christ, the blood of Christ, we have no cutting off from the actual body of Christ, Christ himself. God's divine grace can work in the same way that it works through the body and blood of Christ. Right now, in this time when we are away from the church itself, the church structure, we can receive that same divine grace in our humility, our obedience to our, the civil authorities and to our church leaders, and also, most importantly, in our prayer and our heartfelt repentance. Because there is a reason why God has allowed this, this virus upon the earth. And while we will likely never be able to figure out the why of it, what we can do is we can turn to God. Use this time as a time of focused prayer and fasting and a time in which we make Lent into what Lent is all the more, even without the services that we go to in the church. This is what God has appointed to us in this time. One final thing that I noted out of the story of the life of St. Mary was that those monks, as they're going out into the desert for the 40 days in the desert by themselves during Great Lent, they sang a particular psalm, Psalm 27 or 26, depending on your counting. And the psalm reads this, the Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? Though an army may encamp against me, my heart shall not fear. Though war may rise against me, in this I will be confident. For in the time of trouble, I shall, he shall hide me in his pavilion, in his secret place of his tabernacle, he shall hide me. He shall set me upon a high rock. Wait on the Lord, be of good courage, and he shall strengthen your heart. Wait, I say, on the Lord. These are words of consolation for us in our time of need. Because there is much to be fearful about. What will the life ahead look like? What will our economy, our jobs, our human interactions be like? in the coming weeks and months. The Lord is our rock, the Lord is our light and our salvation. The Psalm says one more line that's especially for us. It says, one thing I have desired of the Lord, that I will seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life to behold the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple. The part that we must realize is that we have taken church for granted. We didn't realize it. We have eagerness to come to the services at times and sometimes 
it's a little bit hard to come to the services. But in all of this, our zeal, our zeal is not as strong as it could be. And so if there is one thing that we can take out of this time, besides the repentance that is always necessary in our lives, on behalf of the entire world, there's one other thing that we can take out of it. It is this time of being away from the church may increase our zeal. So that when we enter back into the church as a united body of Christ, all of the joy of our Lord is with us. Because this is the thing that we desire. And we didn't know how much we desired it until right now until this time when we're away from it. This is the time when we see our true desire. So may we desire that all that we may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of our life. And may our Lord continue to be our Pascha. May he be the light of our lives, our salvation, our joy. Amen.